Welcome back to the Big Red Hunters podcast. We want to start out by saying thank you to our sponsors, Big Farig Coolers. They offer coolers, cattle coolers that hold medication and vaccinations, tumblers, growlers, and dry boxes. The coolest thing about Big Farig is you can customize it, customize it all with whatever you want. Uh, check them out at bigfarig.com, and uh, if you have any questions, email at info at bigfarig. Our next one is Glory Visuals. They specialize in wedding and commercial films. So they do videography and it's incredible. Y'all should go check them out on social media. You also can check them out on glorivisuals.com. Next up, other guys outfitters. They specialize in dry field and Canada goose hunts. Uh, they run from November through February, and they've done an awesome video of Dive Bomb Industry, so you check it out. If you want to book a hunt, uh, call Crager at 308-637-7777, or check the other guys' outfitters on Facebook and Instagram. Next up is Faithful Images. Ooh. This is our personal photography business. Um, you can check us out on Instagram or Facebook at Faithful Images Nebraska, or our website, our website, faithfulimages.org. Next up, uh, Redbeard's Custom Calls. He runs the Timber Rattler or the Cut Down Duck Call and Crossing Guard Goose Call. Awesome calls, awesome quality. This guy's no, he knows what he's doing. So give uh, Andrew a call at 712-898-6989 and uh, let him know we sent you because he'll give you 10% off. Yeah, buddy. All right, next one is Chaku Peru, owned by Angelo. He specializes in big game and waterfowl hunts in the U.S., Mexico, South America, Europe, and Australia. So you can check him out at chakupru.com or contact him at 469-999-4043. Last one up and a new sponsor to the podcast, Whitetail Taxidermy in Louisville, Nebraska. Owned by Jody Schultz. Uh, you might know him as Pappy from our YouTube. Awesome guy, and he's an award-winning taxidermist. So give him a call at... 402-630-0031. With that being said, those are our BRH podcast sponsors. We appreciate each and every one of them, and let's jump into the episode. Two, one. Thanks for checking out the Big Red Hunters podcast. Today we're going to be talking about is pet insurance worth worth it for your hunting dog? Good topic. I think this is a big question for pretty much anybody that has a dog in general or right. pet in general, but I think it's really a big question for those that go hunting a lot with their dog. Right. Uh, you know, you think of waterfowl hunters, uh, a dog is really a main part or a lot of people see him as essential to waterfowl hunting and then you got upland game shed dogs i mean truthfully they're an integral part to a lot of the hunting community so uh it's really a big in a lot of ways is a big asset so before we kind of jump into this question i think it's necessary to tell you where our dog came from and that kind of plays in later in the podcast so Basically, we came to the point where I was waterfowl hunting enough that I felt like it was important to get Nala. Right. Um, 
it was kind of interesting because we had just gotten to the house. We had just already got a dog, Zeus. My buddy. Uh, he's <laughs> not a hunting dog, but he's a good dog. He's cute. He's a mini golden doodle. If you haven't seen him on my personal Instagram, you should check him out. Or they have their own Instagram, Dido Dogs. So um, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have Zeus. Um, he was just really energetic as a puppy, which uh, most, pu- most puppies are. But he just seemed like he was bored a lot because yeah. we were so busy. And so we're like, well, let's get him a pal so they can run around and like, you know, they can actually chill out because they're too busy fighting, which they're trying to fight under the table over bone right now. But uh, yeah, that's just you hear them. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, But uh, at that point, we're like, well, let's get a black lab because I had always envisioned envisioned it for our family. It was always uh, a dream for me to have my own dog, train my own dog, or at least have my own trained dog. Uh, and that's when it kind of unraveled in mm-hmm. a good way. Um, I was on Facebook just kind of traveling around, and it just popped up. I had actually called several of the local kennels to kind of get an idea if they had anything coming up, and nobody had anything. And I was getting pretty disappointed through the whole thing, trying to find one. Uh, and that's when um, the owner of uh, Nala's mom actually had posted on uh, Facebook forum and said, Hey, Hey, I got a, uh, these black lab puppies. Um, awesome pedigree. Get a hold of me if you're interested and being where we were, we were kind of like, eh, you know, maybe we're thinking about getting one, send it to me. So I look and it, her background, phenomenal, phenomenal, like both sides of the pedigree. There's field trial champs, awesome bloodline right um another part too is if you're kind of looking for a hunting dog when you're checking out the pedigree is checking out how their health is like their hips and their knees and seeing where the vet had checked them out and especially if they're running field trials they have to get checked out before so check it out because you know if you got a history of either hip problems or knee problems this is a big question is insurance because that may have a big effect on your decision making too so just an idea so, uh, kind of jumping in, uh, pet insurance, it's a basically yes or no question. Right. And, uh, I think to start off the podcast, we're going to say, no, you know, we don't want uh, pet insurance and why that might be, uh, obviously it's an investment it takes out of your financial, you know, month to month. Uh, so the way it works is you've got a deductible that you set now with our insurance, it was two fifty five hundred, 500, I think seven fifty and a thousand. Uh, and depending on where your deductible was, that's where your premium was. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. And Shay knows this and <laughs> gives me crap about it all the time. I did not want pet insurance. I didn't not want it at all. all. I felt, you know, I had a hunting dog growing up. We never really had that many issues. Right. Um, she did later in her life. But um, she didn't really have a lot of issues because I just didn't feel like the risk was really there. And that's what you have to do with insurance is decide if the risk is, you know, big enough in order to, you know, invest in that insurance. And so you get a premium. I think ours is a thousand dollar deductible. I think it's like $30 a month for our premium. Right. And, uh, the other part is you got to pay attention just like every other insurance is your copay. So for Nala, she got hurt. It'd be a thousand dollars out of her pocket. Right. Say if it was a $2,000 bill, we're still going to have to pay 10%. Um, and then, you know, you have your monthly premium. But it boils down to, 
do you think that the risk is big enough? And two, do you value your asset or your family member enough to decide on, you know, paying for that? And for me, just going to be honest, I said no. But I remember us being on uh, on the phone with the pet insurance guy because we did. Oh, we were at, we, what lake was that? I can't, it was a close one. But oh. we were in this conversation and. He uh, was mean, guys. He was angry. I, guys get angry about money. Girls <laughs> just like, Wow. Stay away from that topic. Um, we were we had did a free trial for a week just by because every majority of your insurances you have to go to the vet you have to get them checked out to make sure they don't have any issues up front and then they say hey okay you can go ahead they gave us a free trial for over like I don't know a week or a month or something and they called us and basically said your coverage is going to be over are you going to want to start paying now or no and I. Yeah, you're right. We did definitely get in an argument about that whole yeah, thing. And uh, it was a rough deal. But finally, at the end, I said, okay, we'll put $1,000 deductible on both our dogs, minimum monthly premium, right? and we'll go from there. Right. So I think between the both of them, I think they're like 50 bucks. It's around 56. Okay. 56. So cool. now we're going to give you kind of our our journey here <laughs> with pet insurance. Okay, we said yes, deductible is 1000 uh, premium is like 30 bucks and let me, let me jump in here really quick. Okay. Prior before we actually used our dog insurance, which we're going to tell you in a minute, a story, but prior before, after getting it, Hunter goes, I bet you, we will never have to use this. And I go, I bet we will. We have a black lab and a golden doodle. So I get to tell you, I told you so if we use it and he was like, bring it. We're not going to. This is a waste of money. Totally not worth it. And this is why I proved him wrong. Yeah. I'm going to say on this podcast. (laughs) Oh, oh. Never mind. Uh, (laughs) No, you got to say it. No, but for real, I was totally wrong about this. So we're going to jump into the story. Um, we, We actually struggled with... I wanted to send her a trainer. She didn't um, because obviously she was attached Looking back, she was right about that situation too, but um, I decided to train her on my own. And obviously a big part of that training with them growing up is to have them be a part of as many things as you can in in the hunting scenario. Um, She was probably, what, six months maybe? Yeah, around there. Six, eight months. Um, I took her out to the snow goose goose spread. Mm -hmm. Um, We were setting it up and... Boom, 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 you know, getting a blind up everything. She's running around having a great time. Awesome. Puppies enjoying it. Cool. I'm putting in these Texas rags that have wooden stakes to them. So I'm trying to pound them in the ground because the the ground was still sort of frozen. And so I was having a lot of issues. And she kept running around doing her thing. And she kept eating corn stalks. And I'm thinking, ah, she's chewing on corn stalks, whatever. And I throw them every once in a while to keep her entertained. And I, uh, she uh she's in corn stalks i'm not paying attention trying to get things out obviously with the snow goose spread you have umpteen amount of decoys you're trying to get them through quickly so you're not paying attention to the puppy number one first problem right there didn't pay attention to the puppy <laughs> mm. number two uh nixie you know i i just hear this like blood curling scream from nala mm. i've never heard it ever since then but it was it's scary out of your boots like your worst I nightmare jumped, looked back and I, all I can see is that this wooden stake was in her mouth and stuck. So the first thing like I do, which was... Pro- the roof of her mouth. Yeah. Um, 
the first thing that I react to is I run over there and I obviously like, I'm just trying to get it out of his mouth. I thought it was just in the back of her mouth. I didn't realize how far up it was. And I just pulled it out and she, Nala is such, she is very driven as a hunter, but when she gets hurt or anything, she just kind of balls up and like, gets really upset. Right. So I just picked her up and was like holding her and she's just like shaking. Mm. And I just, it was a terrifying event. So I took her, Back to Dane's truck because he had had it on, and it was probably like 30, 40 degrees. Put her in there and uh, get her kind of warmed up, figure that she'd calm down. That way I can look in her mouth and figure out, like, what the what the issue was. Right. Uh, got her kind of warmed up, got her back in the tailgate, tried to open her mouth, and she wouldn't even let me open it up, nothing. And I'm like, oh, here we go. And uh, we decided, or uh, Nal and I decided to leave, go back. I took her to the emergency vet because... She wanted me in here, took her home, like trying to give her a little bit of a, a treat. Nothing, nothing was going on. So I took her to the vet. Not to mention you called me and I'm at work and I'm like freaking out because my baby girl is going to the emergency room. And so I'm trying to like talk him through it because I work in healthcare. So I'm like trying to apply my people skills to a dog, which does not work by the way. And like telling him what to do. And all I just remember is, oh my gosh, Nala is in some serious trouble. Yeah, so I took her to the emergency vet. They uh, sedated her so they can get in there. Went in there, figured out that the steak had went clear up, like through her mouth up to her ocular cavity and like was up that far. So they sedated her, put some meds up there, gave her more meds, sent her home. She's like, you know, if you're having some more issues, come back. But at this point, we're, we should be okay. Right. And at that point... Either I or Shay was with her all the time right. just to make sure she was good. And I, I remember buying, uh, like, cans and cans of, like, wet food because she was going to have to eat wet food. Right. And, uh, yeah, that was expensive. <laughs> well, not even that, but are we going to tell the even worse part of that story? Hey, you're more than welcome. Ugh. So that's not even the end of it. Basically, long story short, because we could talk about this forever, but... We thought we were covered. They, you know, debrided the whole wound. They gave us antibiotics, soft foods. Just keep an eye on her. Well, she was acting really weird the next few days. I mean, really weird. And her eye was getting more swollen and wasn't going down. And I was like, Hunter, it should be the opposite. Like, we're giving her antibiotics. The inflammation should be going down. Like, I know we're going to see some swelling, but this is just different. So we take her to the vet. And they're like, yeah, we'll just, we'll keep an eye on it. I was like, all right, that's fine. Gave us some more stuff, went home. And I was like, I just have this gut-wrenching feeling, like if you're a mother. Let me let me jump in here. Oh, okay. So uh, for my job, uh, I was at a training session, clear out in Iowa. I had stayed there. It was going to be stay there one night, train all day, and then drive back. It's like two hours away. So I'm sitting here in a training session all day, and Shay's sending me photos. She's sending me texts, like really worried about Nala, taking her to the vet. I'm freaking out. So I'm like trying to deal with this, trying to deal with my normal work stuff and then dealing with it. I was just stressed out. So she went to the local vet a couple times. I went back for a second time. Um, And the local vet, he's kind of back and forth. He kind of thinks it's this, but kind of thinks it's, you know, take her to the ER. Um, So at this point, I'm trying to hightail it back home. We get home and I remember I was laying on the floor with her. Right, she, she just looked like a zombie. Like, it was just a different Nala. It was yeah. like she was under sedation when we weren't even giving her sedation medication. Yeah. 
and we're sitting there, and she was laying on her, so she was laying on her side, and her bad side, her bad eye, mm-hmm. um, was on the floor, so I couldn't see it, but she seemed like she was peaceful, you know, she seemed like she was doing okay, but, you know, obviously really tired, and we get home, and she gets up, and, and her eye was just popping out of her head, and when I mean popping, like, it was about to fall out of her head, like, I'm not kidding, it was so inflamed that it, it was insane. It looked like she had Graves' disease, but she didn't. <laughs> yeah. And if anybody was curious to see what that looks like, just DM us or we'll email us. We'll send you a photo. It's it, pretty gruesome, so we won't put it on social media, but yeah. we'll, we'll show you what it looked like. But um, So at that point, we decided, okay, you know, we're not going to do anything else. We're going to hightail it to the ER vet. The ER vet's in Omaha, like 45 minutes away. Hightail it there. Right. Go there, get in there. We're freaking out. Uh, get her in there, and they're like, okay, we're going to have to take her for the night. And We just looked at each other like, oh, no. Yeah. This is serious. So, okay, for a pet insurance situation right now, we're already having money at the ER vet. We've already got our own vet. We've already got... Uh, right, we've it's already accumulating. Got, we've already got medication, and now we're at the ER vet. We're at the ICU. We're at the ICU. For so a they, dog, guys, an so, ICU for a dog. So they take her... They're gonna think they think they're gonna do a surgery the next day, and right. then they call us, and they said we're gonna go in there, we're gonna clean all this out. Um, they basically told us that if we hadn't take her in in like twenty four hours, the infection would have gotten her blood, she would have killed her. Yep. And so they went in there and did an invasive up in there, cleaned it all out, got all the infection out, um, and really like got down and dirty, right? And cleaned it all out, and gave. We got there. Got Nala, got a bunch of medication, and it was it was a rough right. situation. Worst scenario, honestly, it it felt like our baby girl was not going to be around much longer. It was just the worst feeling of my life. And uh, so we uh, went, uh, did all the medications. After a couple weeks, she just kept getting better and better, and it was an awesome feeling to have her take and make a full recovery. To this day, she still doesn't like to have us play oh, with her mouth. Not at She's all. Every time you play with her mouth, she gets still, like, scared like she did when that whole thing happened, right. which I totally understand. Right. You know, she went to three vets and dealt with all of that. Poking and prodding. It was horrible. But the good news is because we have pet insurance, right, babe? Right. So let's run through this. So we've got the first ER vet. we got the other two vets. we got the medication. we got the IC vet and then the medications to finish it with. So we are like six or seven grand into this whole thing. Total nine grand. Total. Total nine grand. So we got nine grand invest in this. Now, if you don't have insurance, guess what? You're paying that all out of pocket, my friend. And so not only was Shay right, but she was right. Ooh, good thing <laughs> this is on recording, girls, because I don't hear that often. So we're nine grand in this event. Now let's take in this in a situation where depending on where you are, like on your socioeconomic scale, $9,000 to anybody is a big bill. It's insane, especially, I mean, for an animal. I mean, our dogs are our kids, but, like, that's still insane to think about. Like, nine grand? Am I really wanting to put that towards my my dog? And depending on where you're at and how young you are, you may not even have the assets right. to pay for that. I mean, we were just, we just got married. We did not have a lot in our pockets no. at and all. And the other thing, too, is the the ICU vet was wanting half of it up front. Yeah. 
So if you didn't have the out front, half of it on front, they would have just sent you home. Right. Like they wouldn't have even took care of them. So you really were backed into a corner. Now, would you want to get pet insurance? In our opinion, absolutely. Right. Just because 100%. of the story, yes, I understand that it's an outlier story and not every dog experiences this. Right. But dogs do experience a lot of issues. Right. Just in general. So our our main question is, pet isn't pet insurance worth it? Yes. And that's why for our situation, we will always have pet insurance because of Nala's event, but also other issues that we haven't even spoken about yet. Not even that, but like how much would you say we actually ended up paying out of pocket because we had insurance? I don't, I think we paid like 1500 Right. That's what I was going to say, about 1500 So our deductible is 1000 plus the 10% and the medications. So right. I think it was like 1500 Right. So you had to think. We saved a lot of money <laughs> in that situation. You saved a lot of money. That's a lot um, of decoys. My friends, a lot of decoys. (laughs) And I know you all want decoys every season. So just think about that too. (laughs) Um, So yes, we want pet insurance. It, you know, for us, it's protecting our family member. Uh, You can see it as protecting an asset because a dog is a a tool in the field to help you. So it is an asset too. Um, They do pay for uh, emergency issues. Now there are other issues that we've had with Nala and you'll find this with a lot of labs of swallowing issues. Not, I think it was like three or four months in, she swallowed a big bone and we had to go get it out. Right. Um, so you got to think of all the issues that may come up, swallowing, uh, got the bone stuck from her mouth. Uh, if that happened a couple months ago, she got a bone stuck on the, around her mouth. wrapped around her whole jaw. So those circle bones, <clears throat> never buy those because they will get caught on their jaw. Um, it, it happened to us. Eating something in general from the field, maybe you're running around and she gets into something that makes her sick. Um, maybe she runs into stuff, you know, hunting. There's so many things that are, could become an issue. Barbed wire fences. Yep, have that one too. That um, sticks that she stepped on and opened the pad of her foot. Actually, I mean, our dog is very prone, I would say, to accidents, but still, these are daily occurrences that could happen to any hunting dog. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it is a dangerous scenario right? every time we go out, and so there's a lot of danger, and you got to, you know, think – is my asset or family worth protecting? And right. for us, it absolutely is. Um, so the other part of this is you've got short-term emergency issues, um, but they also, with insurance, it covers long-term issues. And, you know, what I mean by that is, so the few things that are huge about labs and depending on what kind of dog you have, uh, labs are definitely known for allergies. Mm-hmm. They're known for hip and knee problems and skin issues. Right. So, when she was a puppy, we went, like we said, to the vet, got her checked out. They said there wasn't any issues. Anything that comes up that's a long-term issue, they'll cover. Right. So, say she got a hip problem and she has had multiple surgeries to fix that hip problem, you're going to pay the 1000 and then you're going to have to pay the co-pays on the surgeries, but after that 1000 right. you're going to pay. And I kind of want to chime in, honestly, really quick before we keep going. Something that also the insurance we figured out is the sooner you get it, so the younger the puppy is, the more coverage you can actually have. So because Nala was six months old at the time, we got the best deal out of the option we chose, even though our deductible, we chose 1000 It covered the most at that time. Now, if you have a dog that's middle age or even older, those pre-existing occurrences could already be happening and depending on the insurance they may or may not cover that issue so i highly recommend 
once you have a puppy, get insurance. Don't wait because you will get the best for your dollar. So let's kind of walk through if if I bought a uh, we bought a new puppy today, what what we would do. Um, and we had made a decision to say, hey, we're going to get insurance, right? Right. We think it's worth it. Now, we're going to walk you through the steps that it really takes to get insurance right. and how you should do it. Number one, you buy a puppy today, I would really check out some of your local vets and decide on which vet you're going right. to go with. Super important. Um, really check out their views. But what it boils down to is you trust somebody with your family member. And not only that, but once you pick a vet so you'll have a primary vet those vet offices actually sometimes have partnerships with insurances so like ours has a partnership with Drupanion and what that means is anytime an event occurs our vet will actually submit all the paperwork we don't even have to fill it out and it's just a lot easier now obviously you can pick up other insurances that maybe your vet office doesn't partnership with and they'll still cover but you will have to manually you know, fill those out and then submit them. And so if you do have a primary vet already, ask them what insurances maybe they run with. And that process may be a lot easier in the future if you end up doing the one that they cover. So now the process she's talking about. So say we talked about the emergency vet where you had to pay half of it up front. So in the event, I think it was somewhere like five or 6,000. So in that event, you would, if you have an insurance that your vet doesn't cover or has a partnership with, you're going to have to pay that up front. And then later on, your vet, your insurance is going to pay you back. Right. Now, now, if they're partnered with them, like that $3,000, we walked out of there not paying a dime from the ICU vet because the ICU vet was partnered with our insurance. Right. So you don't have to pay that up front. And then all at the end of it, we had to submit everything. And at the end, we had to pay some. So that's the big help because you don't have to pay it all up front and then get money back. Right. That's why we're saying we need to check with our local vet. So to kind of finish up, the one that we use is Trupanion. That's the one our vet was uh, partnered with. Right. Looking back, you can, like I said, you can get, depending on your deductible and um, for your premium, we did the cheapest deductible because I was a cheapskate. Right. I didn't want to do it. That's why we had an argument. Looking back, next time we get a puppy, the way you can do insurances is it, you can actually scale back. So right. you can go from a deductible to two fifty to a thousand later on in their life. Right. Um, and if we had a puppy again, we'd set it at two fifty, go with the high premium, and then after a year or two, when the dog's kind of calmed down and has a little more common sense about eating stuff. That's when we then would you can scale raise back. Because you can never go lower than what you set your price. So since we did the thousand, we can't go back down to two fifty or any lower number. And that's kind of the stinker and the ha ha moment that I point out to Hunter is we can never scale down, which kind of stinks since we have such an accident prone puppy, but I'm still glad we have it. Yeah, absolutely. And we're gonna continue to carry that insurance obviously until right. the whole thing because you never really know what can what can end up happening, obviously, every time in the field, I take her in the field, there's a danger. And then, you know, long-term issues because, you know, labs love hip problems and knee problems and that's just right. normal. But to finish off, uh, there are some insurances. We are not in any way partnered for nope. the podcast not for Trupanion. That's just the one we use. So there's a lot of good ones out there. We just did the research. So like we said, we just checked the local vet. That's what we would recommend. Right. But uh, if you're just got a vet that's not partnered or what, you know, whatnot, there are some great ones out there. There's Trupanion, 
Progressive, Nationwide, Healthy Paws, Pumpkin, Geico, uh, Pet First. So what I would just advise if you're in that scenario, I would check Do it out. Do research, yeah. Check yeah. it out, see what they offer or what they have to offer, or even ask your vet. I mean, I'm sure they're educated on their insurance. If they don't even have a partnership, they probably could give you some suggestions and some pamphlets to look over. So overall, just look at your info and kind of run from there and see which best option would be for your family. So absolutely. So that kind of wraps it up. Uh, that's kind of our uh, podcast here. Is pet insurance worth it for your hunting dog? Absolutely. 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 If you're a young guy that has a wife and you just got married and you're probably a little short on cash, just uh, still do it. Just learn from Hunter's mistake. Because Shay was right. (laughs) So I love you to death. I love you too. And I love our kids. And I'm so glad that they're here with us because my biggest regret would be having to have or having to make that decision of not taking care of our pet because we don't have the money like absolutely i never want to be in that scenario and i never will because i'm gonna have insurance and we do have it i don't think i ever told you this story but uh after that snow goose thing before this all went down i'd taken pictures of her and i was so excited because i was one of the first times she was out in the field and i remember texting the guy that i had purchase Nala from and just saying like she's doing great she's you know having so much fun and I text them before this happened that's a 360 <laughs> and then this all went down like her going to the ICU uh, bed and I, I thought to be on to be real with you listeners I thought she was gonna die I I I was really fearful it, it was pretty serious I mean you're right like they the doctor looked at us and they're like you made the absolute right decision to bring her here because if you would have waited any longer the minimum 24 hours she wouldn't be here she that that the infection was spreading so fast in her eye it was insane and to give you a little background about nala she is food driven absolutely like her day like she will come to us half an hour for it's food time because we have set food times and she just loves up on you and you could just tell she's just wants food right and she wasn't even she wasn't eating wouldn't even go next to the bowl i mean it she just acted press. Just she wasn't herself, and right. so when a dog normally when a dog starts acting like that, you're like, oh, right. So it, I yeah, I remember texting. Like I was, I remember like looking at that text conversation, like almost crying. So, mm. well, guys, that kind of wraps up the end of the podcast. I hope you yeah. guys enjoyed it. If you have anything, uh, any ideas for podcasts for us to kind of talk about, we would love to take on that idea. So right. shoot us a message or an email. Mm-hmm. Um, we appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. Heck yeah. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one, guys. I appreciate it. Have Thanks, a good guys. day. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Bye.